Welcome to episode 50 of Third Heaven Authority Podcast. I'm Mike Thompson. I have a question for you. What do you know about the fruit of the Spirit? Well, I know that you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, hopefully, received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit is leading and controlling you, empowering you. But what do you know about the fruit of the Spirit? I want to talk to you today about that because third heaven authority becomes more dynamic in the lives of those who develop their own personal power, their own sense of self-control. And that's what the fruit of the Spirit actually is about. You see, the fruit of the Spirit is kind of what we sometimes call the character of Christ, the character of the Lord Jesus, the way that he manifests himself. And it was all because of an internal control of knowing who he was, what he was called to do, and then just releasing the kingdom through himself. It was without all of the dictates of the emotions and the circumstances of the day and the the temptations of the flesh, the tribulations, the things that were coming from the outside in and, and trying to dissuade and cause him, thereby us, to get outside of what God has provided for us. And so, we find that Jesus walked in great authority. Now, the Bible also talks about the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are more about the revelations and the power manifestations of Spirit-filled life. But let's look at the fruit of the Spirit. You know, in Galatians 5 verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. The reason there's no law against it is because it comes from the law of God, the law of the life uh, of liberty in Christ Jesus. It comes from spirit-filled living. So all of those things, which I'll get into and explain in just a minute, but I want to back up a little bit and talk about this whole situation of walking in the Spirit and producing the fruit. The fruit is a manifestation of the Spirit within when we yield to Him. But notice that when we don't yield to Him, there is a manifestation of the flesh that can be in our lives. So going back to verse 16, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So he's contrasting here being led by the Spirit. And and yes, that's the Holy Spirit within us, but it's also by our human spirit. Our human spirit has literally been transform. It's become a new creation in Christ Jesus and has the Holy Spirit living within. Then there's the flesh. The flesh is is specifically here talking about the outward man that is yielding to the temptations of the world and is doing things that's contrary to what 
our human spirit and the Holy Spirit within it wants us to do. He says, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and the like. So in other words, it's much more than that. He says, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, there's a misunderstanding there that I need to clear up just a little bit, is that that phrase, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, has been taken sometimes by believers to say that if you, after salvation, a yield to the flesh in any manner of these and also more than these, that somehow your salvation can be removed. That's not what Paul was saying here. In fact, you know, in 1 John, God gives us an out. He says that if we say that we do not sin, uh, that we're in error, that we're lying, because people mess up. But he gave us an out that when we do sin is that we can repent. We can ask Jesus for forgiveness, and he will be faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What Paul was referring to here, which he mentioned in several different books that he authored when he gave such listing of these things that are uh, flesh-produced dynamics in our lives, that he said, you used to do that. You used to do that when you were carnal, when before you got saved, when you were Gentiles, when you were out there um, serving idols. You were doing those things, and you were doing them from your heart because those are manifestations of an unregenerate, unsaved heart. So he's encouraging them, and he's saying, now that you are saved and you have Christ on the inside and the Holy Spirit is within you, at this point now is don't yield to these things because they have no part in you in that saved experience. These are all things your flesh is used to, your flesh may give in to, but you're not going to sin from your heart. But don't do them because they have an effect on your life. There are consequences. They'll come in, they'll cause condemnation in your life. They'll pull you further and further into the world. They'll destroy relationships. They'll begin to stop. Uh, a lot of your prayers and things that, that you want to do for the Lord Jesus Christ, they will just devastate your lives. So do not give in to those things, but yield to the Spirit and He'll carry you forth in the way that He wants you to live your life. Then Paul goes into the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I know a little bit about this, not only from my studies and from my years of just walking as a Christian and uh, hopefully having my fair share of 
being able to put down temptations and tribulations and walk above them, to resist them, and to be spirit-led and to just be a godly person. But something happened in that original time that Jesus took me to third heaven, which this entire podcast is based on. While I was there in heaven, the very first thing that I felt when I was standing in the throne room in front of God was a complete absence of fear and condemnation, sense of failure, inadequacies, all of those negative emotions that we experience here on earth. And I realized at that particular point that I felt completely loved, accepted, and valued in God. Now, it was a new feeling. I'd never experienced that in my entire life, at least not to my recollection, because I, like you, everybody that's ever been born on this earth, has to go through those kind of struggles. Many of them are physical in nature. Uh, Most of them are psychological and emotional, Uh, how we respond, how we react, how they've uh, affected us. Uh, There's been woundedness and trauma. Sometimes people have talked about us. There's been embarrassment, a sense of of shame uh, in our lives, all of those kind of things, and they affect us. And so we make a lot of our decisions based on those. In fact, I should say it's involved in every one of our decisions. It's just that there are other good influences uh, and input that's also there with them. But they affect us. They color it. They shade it. And a lot of times we become reticent in just doing the things of God, walking in authority. How can you walk in authority if you don't feel good about yourself? You see, third heaven authority, as I already mentioned, is more than just picturing yourself or even being caught up into the spiritual realm, which I wholeheartedly have been teaching the people to do, be caught away in the spirit, yielded and to pray from there. But it's more than just the prayer from there. It's about how it affects us on this earth. Third heaven authority is a perspective of all the things that Jesus has given to us, not from earth up, subject to the world's ways, the flesh ways, but from heaven down, subject to who we are in Jesus, seated at the right hand of glory. So third heaven authority, again, becomes more dynamic through the lives of those who develop their own personal power. Now, I want to share something with you. That's what I believe that the gifts of the Spirit are about, personal power. All of them, but specifically the one that's called self-control. See, as I stood before the throne of Jesus, and I had an absence of all those negative emotions and influences, the hooks of the earth and the second heaven, demonic realm. I felt so loved, unconditionally loved in God, so valued, so accepted in Him. There were no conditions about it. It's who I was in the Lord Jesus, and that's why in my heart I cried out at the time, Lord, is this who you created us to be? Is this what a new creation in Christ Jesus feels like? 
It had a remarkable impact in my life. I learned at that point another lesson of how to walk in personal self-control. Because you see, every human being wants to be loved, accepted, and valued. We all want to feel significant. We want to feel secure. And we'll spend the rest of our lives, the whole of our lives, in every way that we can, just in a natural sense, attempting to gain those. It's like we have receptors that are built into us. And I believe we do. They, they were built by God. They were created by Him. But they have been unredeemed. They've fallen. They've been misshaped because of sin in the world and because of the fallen nature and the way that we're raised up in this natural life. That's why when we become born again, it's an entirely le- uh, new learning process. It's a learning curve. We have to go forward. It's a paradigm shift, if you will, because uh, I've said it many times, is that when you change kingdoms from Satan's kingdom to God's kingdom, it's important then to change systems, leave behind Satan's system, and accept God's system. Now, that's a process. It's a lifelong process, but it's one that we must have because the way that Satan's kingdom operates is by performance. It operates by what you do, how important you are. You know, even those that are uh, in the know, such as psychologists, those who have studied human behavior, they find that in Social settings, whether it be a tribe in a dense forest, whether it be a large city uh, in an industrialized nation, that all communities are looking for the same thing. They're not only looking for individual love, acceptance, and value, thereby significance and security, but they're also looking at who they can hold up as models of having achieved that. And it's based upon, this is across the board, it's been identified, communities look at it in the natural realm, number one, your physical appearance. Number two, how much money or wealth that you possess. Number three, what kind of achievements, what have you added to and contributed to this community or society. So if you are good-looking, wealthy, and have invented an item that has changed people's lives, you know, then, or maybe you've accomplished a great feat, like winning a gold medal at the Olympics, then you're held as a very valuable person in that society. People love you because of that. So it's no wonder that we learn from a very early age to reach out and try to fill all those receptors within us, love, acceptance, and value receptors, by performance, trying to look good, clothes we wear, everything that we do will change so many things about us just to people please. But here's the problem is that there are just as many good-looking, wealthy uh, people who have made great achievements in life that commit suicide every year as those who are not in that camp. It never 
brings satisfaction. It never fulfills those receptors. It makes them feel good for a while, but then it leaves them wanting. You can't fulfill it. We are created as spiritual beings who live in a body and that we operate in this world. And so it comes from the spirit out, not from the outside in. So Satan's kingdom is ruled by performance. It's called laws, legalism, works, works of the flesh. God's kingdom doesn't operate that way. God's kingdom operates by grace. Grace is not performance. It's by who you were created to be by God. He unconditionally loves us, unconditionally values us, and unconditionally accepts us. So all that love, acceptance, and value is meant to come from God. When God in the Spirit fills those receptors, then we become very assertive and strong, authoritative in life, and with confidence and boldness step out to engage our natural living. So let me say it from a different perspective. Performance and trying to get all of those receptors filled by performance is the relational structure of hell. By grace, accepting who Jesus created us to be and walking in all that he has provided for us is the relational structure and dynamics of heaven. So what do we want in our lives? What is going to produce the greatest sense of authority? What is going to bring about that dynamic of third heaven authority living? It's by grace. It's by the fruit of the Spirit. So you see, the fruit of the Spirit is all about the inside. It's what we call spiritual character. Spiritual character that puts us in the driver's seat of life rather than all of these negative emotions that try to remove us from the driver's seat. It's all about giving people our power. You see, if we're trying to do it by performance, it ends up with these lusts of the flesh. You you may not commit adultery or murder someone, but it is giving into the flesh to attempt to get all of your needs met. And if you don't feel good about yourself and your needs are not getting met, then at that point, you're going to turn to other ways to try to get that done. You're going to manipulate. You're going to control. You're going to uh, try to take people that are around you and bring them under your law and make them serve you in some capacity. That's all the flesh. That's not authority. People who do that are not authority, even if they act very bullyish. If they... Uh, go around puffing themselves up and giving orders and command. That's from a basis of insecurity. I'm saying that you can have total security in Christ. Now, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. In fact, it's not of the world. It's of the kingdom. So we, like I already mentioned, spend the rest of our lives developing these things and maturing in them. But it's very important for us then to believe who Jesus has created us to be.
You see, if people out there around us in relationship with us, jobs, presence or absence of money, what kind of car that we drive, the way the world perceives us, if that's where we are trying to get our love, acceptance, and value needs met, then what happens is we are handing them the control. And if they have the control, whether they do it on purpose or not, just by sheer accident, they're going to do something to block it. It's like walking up to somebody, handing them a loaded revolver that they've never seen a gun, a pistol before in their entire lives. They don't really know what it is. You just hand it to them and say, here, point that right between my eyes and then pull that little lever down there called a trigger. Whether they meant to or not, they're going to blow you away. You can't afford that to happen. That's not authority. You're giving your authority away. And then you're responding to all these situations. No, let's respond to the Holy Spirit. Let's respond to God. When we turn and we get all of our spiritual and emotional internal of the heart, love, acceptance, and value receptors filled by who we are in God, then we have the wherewithal to externally deal with the circumstances of life because we already know who we are. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I am bought with the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He loves me, has redeemed me. He's called me a son and an heir in Jesus Christ. He's filled me with his precious Holy Spirit. My value and my worth is greater than any thing that we consider to be wealthy here on the face of this earth. My significance comes from here. If he loves me, and if he accepts me, and if he values me, then how dare you say that I'm not valuable? How dare you think that you don't want to be my friend? If I'm good enough for Jesus, if you're good enough for Jesus, then what other people think are not what we use to grade ourselves and determine our value in earth. I have the greatest value, and that's the shed blood of Jesus Christ. He has sacrificed himself for me. And so I understand my worth. I understand that he loves me unconditionally. I understand that I have a sense of security and that I'm held in the palm of his hand, and nobody can pluck me out of his hand. So therefore, the fruit of the Spirit is described here are all dynamics of that life and that relationship with God by grace. And it's about self-control, not the works and the temptation of the flesh. This is spiritual love. This is spiritual joy, spiritual peace, spiritual long-suffering, spiritual kindness, spiritual goodness, spiritual faithfulness, spiritual gentleness and spiritual self-control. But because they're spirit, they don't just stay there. They become the basis now of motivating my mind and my body to operate from them and to do righteously. When I say do righteously, a lot of people 
uh, since they've been born again. I hope you're not one of them, but I think I probably with every single one of us, there is an element to whatever degree that we think then righteousness is about all of the outward conduct. And it's not. Those are manifestations of the Spirit. Those are, God wants us to live a righteous and holy life. But those outward lifestyles and behaviors and attitudes can only come in line with what God wants us to do if we have the fruit of the Spirit self-control by knowing who we are in Jesus Christ. We get those receptors filled from him. Then we turn and deal with relationships and circumstances in life. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I want people to like me. I want people to think good of me. I want to be valued in society. But I realize that whether they give that to me or not, I already have it in Jesus. So therefore, that's not my goal. My goal with total self-control from the inside out is that I'm going to please Jesus. Now, in the flesh, in the natural, I'll experience hurts. People will reject me. Some friends, as they have, have abandoned me, just like with you. A lot of times, circumstances are against me. It doesn't just pan out exactly like I would have it to happen. But those are not the things whereby I grade myself. Because I have already found myself loved, accepted, and valued in Jesus. Therefore, my significance in life is the effect that that has. I have an impact in life, but it's not anything that they control. I can love someone, and they can reject me back, but I've done everything that I've known to do. I've loved them. I've prayed for them. I've done the best attitude and behavior toward them. If they reject me, then that is not on the basis of failure. It's what they want to do. How are they trying to get their personal needs met? What are they doing in life? You know, they may have other preferences, etc. So when we approach these things from having those needs met by Jesus— and having that real sense of acceptance in him, that self-control allows us now to release third heaven authority into every aspect of life. We're releasing it now into our relationships, our job, our ministry, our prayers, everything that we do for ourselves and for Jesus Christ. That's self-control. I really want to encourage you to think about this. And it's important, right in the face. I've had situations since I've come back from heaven where I was standing there before heaven, by the way, before Jesus, and I felt unconditionally love, accepted, and value, and none of those negative emotions. I knew who I was, and boldness and authority came out of that. Came back to the earth and now have to deal with all these other struggles. 
And at times, they want to take the power away from me, and I won't yield it. I won't give it up. I won't let them have it because I know who I am in Christ. Know who you are in Christ. Walk in self-control. And I tell you what, it'll have a great impact positively in your life, spiritually, mentally, physically, relationally, socially, every aspect of your being. God will bless you. I want to pray for you right now. Lord Jesus, I lift up all of the listeners now. Holy Spirit, you're on the inside of them if they've received Jesus as their Savior. Holy Spirit, teach all of us how to walk in this kind of authority, how to walk in this kind of self-control, how to receive you, your love, acceptance, and value, to believe it, to walk in it, to believe it to the point that by faith that we will apply it to our lives and go forward. I pray for them, Lord God, and I ask that there would be an anointing release into their lives now. In Jesus' blessed name, praise God. Hey, join me in future episodes by subscribing to Third Heaven Authority with Mike Thompson on your favorite podcast platform. Walk in spiritual authority. Walk in self-control. God bless.